Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, Raider Nation? Matt Holder from Silver and Black Pride to bring you our first off-season edition of our Friday podcast. What's going to be different about the offseason than the regular season? Well, for right now, we're still going to do our news recap and answer your mailbag questions, but obviously there is no injury report to go over, so we'll just stick to those two for now. I'm bouncing around a few other ideas for you guys right now, and I'll let you know when things come to fruition. But as always, if you want to hear any of your questions answered here on the show, tweet them at me, adamholder95, or email them to sbpquestions1 at gmail.com, adamholder95, or sbpquestions1 at gmail.com. We've got the draft and free agency coming up, and the Raiders are in the midst of a head coach and general manager search, so I'm sure you guys have questions. Just fire them my way, and I'll give you my thoughts. With that, let's get to the news. I briefly touched on this just a few seconds ago, but Mark Davis and the Las Vegas Raiders fired general manager Mike Mayock on Monday. The organization released a statement Monday afternoon about the decision to move on from Mayock after three seasons. We have relieved Mike Mayock of his duties as general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders. We thank Mike for his contributions over the last three years and helping to form the foundation for the franchise to build upon its future. Ian Rappaport of NFL Network later shared that Davis had made the decision several days before Mayock was fired, and Davis even put in a few GM interview requests before officially firing his own. During his short tenure with the Raiders, Mayock became known for finding several late-round gems like Max Crosby, Hunter Renfro, and Nate Hobbs, and he also played a hand in landing a few significant free agents like Yannick Ngakwe and Casey Hayward. But the first round misses, and there certainly were several of them, must have weighed too heavily on Davis's mind. As I previously mentioned, the Raiders have also been requesting to interview potential GM candidates, and those have been Dave Ziegler from the New England Patriots, Ed Dobbs from the Indianapolis Colts, Trey Brown of the Cincinnati Bengals, Champ Kelly of the Chicago Bears, and one in-house candidate, Dewan Daniels. Ziegler has been in New England for the past nine seasons, working up the ladder to director of player personnel. Brown also has ties to the Patriots, serving as a scouting assistant and area scout from New England from 2010 to 2012, and he's also been with the Eagles, the AAF's Birmingham Iron, and the XFL's St. Louis Blackhawks, and this past season was his first with the Bengals, where he served as a scout. Alright, stop me if you're noticing a trend. Daniels has been with the Raiders since 2019, and served as Mayock's quote-unquote right-hand man, but before that, Daniels spent 13 seasons in Bill Belichick's scouting department, so I get a feeling Mark Davis is looking for someone with ties to the hoodie. Kelly doesn't have a connection to New England that I know of, but he has spent the last several years with the Chicago Bears and with the Denver Broncos before that. I saved Dodds for last for a couple of reasons. For one, he's one of the few with no direct connections to the Patriots, as he got his start as an intern for the Raiders back in 2003 to 2006 and has worked for the Seahawks and Colts since then. Secondly, after interviewing with the Raiders, Dodds withdrew his name from consideration for the Bears GM opening, which could be a sign that the interview went well and he could be the guy. It's also worth noting that Dodds pulled his name out of the hat for Carolinas and Cleveland's GM vacancies back in 2020 and opted to remain to the Colts, so it's not like he hasn't done this before and we could be looking to something that's really nothing. As always, I'll let you guys know if any more news comes about. 
The Raiders also sent out an interview request for the head coach vacancy this week. Former Patriots linebacker and current Patriots inside linebackers coach Gerard Mayo. Mayo had an eight-year career in New England as a player and has been on their coaching staff since 2019. The Denver Broncos are also reportedly interested in bringing Mayo in as their next man in charge. It's also been rumored that Las Vegas is interested in Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive coordinator Todd Bowles as their next head coach. Bowles does have some experience as a head coach as that was his previous role with the New York Jets. The Raiders did hold one interview for the opening at head coach, a man named Rich Bisaccia. Derek Carr, Max Crosby, and several other players have voiced their opinions on the matter, and they've all had Bisaccia's back, sharing that they feel he's the one who should get the job. However, Jim Harbaugh remains the betting favorite to be the Raiders' next head coach, according to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Though it hasn't been reported that Harbaugh is even interviewed, a story on The Athletic from Bruce Feldman stated that Harbaugh would take the Raiders' job if he's offered it. The other name to keep an eye on is Pittsburgh Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin, since the betting odds for him have spiked a bit recently, but of course, he'd have to leave Pittsburgh first for that to happen. Same as the GM search, I'll let you guys know if I get any other information. Moving on to some AP All-Pro news, the Raiders had three players make the cut this year, one first-teamer and two on the second team. Punter A.J. Cole was the first-team selection, while kicker Daniel Carlson and defensive end Max Crosby were the second-team guys. Cole led the league with 50 yards per punt and was fourth in net punt average this season as he edged out Cowboys punter Brian Anger, the second-team punter. Carlson had several clutch kicks and was the first kicker in league history to earn four Player of the Week honors in one season, but unfortunately, he was edged out by Ravens kicker Justin Tucker. As for Crosby, he had by far the most pressures of any pass rusher this season and was one of PFF's highest-graded defenders overall. However, Miles Garrett from the Cleveland Browns and the Steelers' T.J. Watt got the nod over Crosby as the first-teamers. The Chicago Bears' Robert Quinn accompanied Crosby as the other second-team edge rusher. Next, we have a few end-of-season housekeeping items to go over, the first being the Raiders' draft position. After losing in the wildcard round, Las Vegas will make the 22nd pick of the draft in late April. The Raiders will be sandwiched between the New England Patriots, who pick 21st, and the Arizona Cardinals at number 23. Before any compensatory picks are handed out, the Silver and Black will also own the 53rd, 86, 121st, 149th, and 224 picks of this year's draft. The other item to go over is the salary cap rollover. For those unaware, teams are allowed to roll over any unused salary cap space to a certain point into next season, and the Raiders will get an additional $299,540 towards next season cap. Again, that's not how much cap space they'll have this offseason, just how much is rolling over, but that's not that big of a boost for the Raiders as only the Saints, Rams, Patriots, and Giants will roll over fewer dollars this offseason. As I'm sure you know by now, this year's Pro Bowl will be held at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, and I bring this up because the captains for this year's Pro Bowl were selected this week, and they include a couple of former Raiders. Former Colts wide receiver Reggie Wayne and former Panthers linebacker Luke Keekley are two of the captains, and the former Raiders are Hall of Famer Rod Woodson and future Hall of Famer Jason Witten. Wayne and Woodson will lead the AFC, while Keekley and Witten will lead the NFC, Witten, of course, spent most of his career in Dallas with the Cowboys, so it makes sense for him to represent the other conference. The Pro Bowl will air on ESPN at 12 p.m. PST on February 6th. The end of the regular season also means that teams around the league were busy signing players to future-slash-reserve contracts this week. For those that don't know, a future-slash-reserve contract is just a way for teams to sign players who were unrestricted free agents or on a practice squad at the end of the regular season to a contract for next season. 
In other words, any player who wasn't on an active 53-man roster for Week 18 is eligible for one, and these contracts typically are used for players who are on or near the roster bubble. The Raiders struck 13 such deals, and 11 of those 13 came from the team's practice squad. Safety Jordan Brown from South Dakota State, guard Lester Cotton from Alabama, defensive back Kavon Frazier from Central Michigan, offensive lineman Hironis Grosu from Oregon, go Ducks, defensive end Jerry Green from Mississippi State, center Brett Heggie from Florida, defensive lineman P.J. Johnson from Arizona, Justin March Lillard out of Akron, offensive lineman Jared Patasi out of Utah, running back and preseason hero Trey Ragus out of Louisiana, wide receiver Dylan Stoner out of Oklahoma State, wide receiver DJ Turner out of Pittsburgh, and finally, safety Natrell Jamerson out of Wisconsin. In other reserves slash future contract news, the Kansas City Chiefs agreed to a deal with former Raiders first-round cornerback Damon Arnett. Arnett was of course released by the Raiders earlier this year after a series of off-the-field issues, and now he looks to earn the spot with the team's biggest rival for next season and potentially beyond. Alright, mailbag time. Reminder, tweet your questions at me, at mholder95, or email them to svpquestions1 at gmail.com. First question, Gruden had final say in everything, but that being said, should Mayock had not been able and influence enough to guide Gruden from disaster picks in the first round, or do they agree on the player that they drafted? Well, I kind of talked about this before. You know, the rumor has always been that Gruden had at least had final say, or Gruden had final say in everything, but Gruden had a lot of influence or the most influence over the first round picks. Obviously, those ended up, or most of those ended up not working out. Um, but as far as Mayock being able to not have enough influence or say to sway Gruden, I mean, I definitely think that's going to be part of it. You know, maybe Mayock's just not as great of a salesman as uh, as Mark Davis could have hoped or someone else could have hoped and couldn't guide Gruden away. I don't think we'll ever really know. I don't think we'll ever really get a straight answer on who exactly had final say and who was responsible for those first round busts. But as a GM, you do kind of have to wear it. You know, I've sat here and I've I've obviously pounded the table for Mayock. I'll be honest, I'll stand on my soapbox a little bit here and say I feel like he's kind of getting a raw deal in this situation. I think the goal for the Raiders and for him, for his job security, was always just to make the playoffs. I think that was pretty clear, and which the Raiders ended up doing, and then he got fired anyway. So either Mark Davis decided weeks ago that he was just going to let him go, or Mike Davis kind of changed the goalposts on Mike Mayock here and shifted the goal. And I mean, if he gave him a goal of making the playoffs this year, and that was kind of what he's going to be evaluated by and he still got fired not the greatest situation but again you know I think as Mayock as the GM as many excuses as myself and plenty of other people can make for him you do kind of have to wear those first round picks which sucks I don't know how much he was really influencing those but yeah I mean I think that is part of it I think you know being able to pound the table for a guy and being able to convince other people how much you believe in somebody is a big part of being a GM and a big part of being in a player personnel department, um, working with people even outside of it, like uh, like the head coach. And whoever the head coach is going to be, whoever the next head coach and GM is going to be, going to have that same problem. Um, you know, Obviously to a lesser extent, because I don't think they'll find as big of an egomaniac as Gruden is or was. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a big factor in anything. You know, um, I do think Mayock, that should be held against Mayock a little bit, but at the end of the day, when your boss is basically running the organization, it's hard to hard to try and steer him away, hard to tell him no. So I don't know if I really answered this question. I kind of gave the candid uh, kind of both sides answer here. But uh, I mean, I do think he has to wear it a little bit. And I'm coming from there as a Mayock fan. 
But ultimately, I don't really know how much he would have done and how much say he really had. And hopefully at some point, one of these guys will write a tell-all book or give us a great quote that we can run with. But yeah, I don't know if we'll ever really get an answer for those for that question or a straight answer for that question. We'll just uh, have to leave it to the Twitter streets for now. Next question. I saw you and Marcus are going to the Senior Bowl this year. I'm curious what you look for in an event like that. One of the biggest things I love about the Senior Bowl is you get a lot of smaller school guys, and I think I talked about this before, where you get to see how these smaller school guys stack up against guys from like Alabama or for the bigger schools. And I mean, just like anything, the talent pool is getting smaller. The competition's a little bit higher. All these guys that they're going to be going up against are have at least some semblance of a, a future in the NFL. They're not going up against the guy that's going to be an accountant in, in four months or whatever, uh, like they were in college. So that's one of the biggest things is the competition level is just higher for everybody. And it's especially higher for those uh, smaller school guys. So that's kind of the things I like to look at. I like to watch a lot of the smaller school guys beforehand and then kind of see how they do against the top competition because that's usually a pretty good barometer for me for how good they're of a player they are. Uh, for example, a guy like Quinn Miners was a D3 player and pretty much unknown heading into last year's at this point in the draft process last year. He goes to the Senior Bowl, rocks the belly out with a lot of swag for one, and two, he was dominated, kicking some ass in there, and ended up being a third-round pick as a guy who played Division Three football and didn't even play football in 2020 because Division Three canceled its year and uh, Whitewater didn't have a season. So those are the biggest things I look for, competition rising, and then who's going to rise for the crop from those smaller schools. And the other thing I like about this event is the practices are really where everything happens. The game's just kind of like a – it turns into like an all-star game. It's obviously more competitive than like the Pro Bowl – but at the end of the day, the game is not really where you get the most information. You get the most information from practices. Guys are going hard. It's not a normal practice. It's basically like a game. There's one-on-ones all week. And one of the things I like to see, too, is you see people in practice. You see these players in practice. You get to see how they interact with people, how they interact with their teammates. For example, one guy that stood out to me last year wasn't even in pads was Landon Dickerson. Uh, he had torn his ACL early in the year and uh, couldn't participate in the Senior Bowl. But one of the things that stood out is I always saw Landon Dickerson coaching other guys up on the sideline, guys that he had played with at Alabama and guys that he had probably just met earlier that week. Maybe uh, they had some sort of relationship before that, but that was something that really stood out to me for him as a leader. So I think you can get to know a player a little bit more. Obviously, the coaches and the NFL staff are going to have more of, a, more of an eye for that because they'll be with the players all week. But even they talk about that. You get to really figure out who a football player is or who they are as a football player, I should say, and what their work ethic is kind of like. I think Kyle Shanahan was talking about it earlier this week where he was saying, you know, a guy can fake it in an interview or a guy can fake it in a day, but when it's an entire week, you really get to figure out what that type of player that is. So that's one of the things I like to see is kind of those in, those uh, things that aren't going to show up in a game but we'll show up in practice, you know, like I was talking about with uh, Landon Dickerson, coaching other guys up and kind of figuring out who's the leader, who's coming to practice every day and who's willing to willing to compete when they're, the scoreboard's turned off. All right, one more. Who you got in the playoffs this weekend? I'll tell you what, I'll give you guys my money line, my spread pick. So who I think will win and who I think will cover using DraftKings Sportsbook for these lines. So go blame them if you don't like the lines. First game, Bengals and Titans. I like the Bengals in this one to win outright. And of course, obviously, that means cover the three and a half point spread. I'm in the camp. I'm not completely buying into the Titans as the number one seed. I think they're not that great. I mean, I think they're a bad one seed compared to previous years, you know, being, what is it, 
12 and 5 or whatever the record is. I can't never figure it out with the 18 games now. But I don't know of many one seeds that have five losses in the past. Um, and I'm still not 100% a believer in their offense. I know Derrick Henry's coming back. Still a little worried about how fresh he's going to be. And I think the Bengals are just on fire and they're hot right now. So I like them to win. I like Cincinnati to pull it out and go out, go to the AFC Championship, which brings me to the next game. And I think we'll get a rematch between the Bengals and the Chiefs. I know you guys are probably going to be mad at me for picking the Chiefs. But after watching last week and what they did to the Pittsburgh, um, yeah, I feel like they're kind of hitting stride right time or right at the right time or the wrong time if you're a Raiders fan from that perspective. But they're only two-point favorites at home. I like that spread. like the Chiefs to win outright. Uh, unfortunately, I'm getting into it a little bit too much. I, unfortunately, I think the Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl. But who knows? I've been, a, I've been a mush. You guys know how bad I am at picking Raiders games. So maybe me picking the Chiefs will, will put some of that juju on them. and We'll see, see Bill's Bengals. How about that one? On the NFC, we've got 49ers and Packers. Packers are five-and-a-half-point favorites over the 49ers. I'm going to be honest, this spread was a little bit bigger than I thought it was going to be, partially just because the Niners seem to own the Packers in the playoffs. So I'm going to take the Niners with the points and then give myself the caveat or the cop-out of the Packers that went up outright. I think this is going to be a close game. I think it'll be a field goal game. So that's why I'm going to obviously going to take the Niners. But I just think Green Bay has too much talent. Aaron Rodgers is on top of his game. Devontae Adams is playing unbelievably. Both those guys, I didn't think they'd be able to to top there what they did last year, but they have. They, to me, are the team to beat in the NFC. I think they're kind of a, a above and beyond or above, head and shoulders above everyone else in the conference. So I'll go with the Packers to win outright, but I'll give myself the Niners to cover that five-and-a-half-point spread. Rams-Buccaneers, I'm going to go with another upset. I like the Rams in this one. The Bucks to me, they just have way too much going on. You got the AB drama. You got Bruce Arians now smacking somebody in the head. Um, they've got half the receiving cores now out with AB out and Chris Godwin out. It's Mike Evans that's left. I think Leonard Fournette's going to come back this week. Can't remember off the top of my head. But even so, again, how healthy he'll be. And the Bucks to me, it just seemed like they've kind of been surviving the last part of the year. And whereas the Rams, they've kind of, I guess the Rams have survived a little bit, but they've kind of been up and down. And I feel like they're on the upswing right now. So I think they pull it off in Tampa Bay. They don't have to go to a cold weather or they'll be going to the East Coast, but won't be playing in the cold weather. Still get to play in sunny Florida. Just go from one beach to the other. So I'm going to take the Rams with the points and outright. I think the Rams do it. I think, think we get Rams Packers in the NFC Championship, Bengals Chiefs in the AFC Championship, setting up for a Packers Chiefs Super Bowl. So... We'll see what happens. Now it'll probably be two random teams that I just picked to lose this week just because that's how great of a gambler I am. That'll do it for this week's show, guys. As always, follow me on Twitter, at mholder95. Follow Silver and Black Pride. Rate, review, subscribe, and download wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time.